0: Head over to TheInforium.com slash Nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for becoming a better student, learning more effectively, and seeing lots of various coffee mugs. But it is a terrible resource for learning how to literally become mugs. You know, like the Cypress Hill guy? I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to become it either. Only one person has done it successfully so far. Only one now, anybody listening to this podcast could be the second. It could be the second coming of mugs. Or, <laughs> or they could name themselves like Hugs. Yeah. That's like a pretty hard rap name, I think.
1: Hugs. What's up? I'm Hugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep it positive.
0: Yeah. You got to keep things positive. It's 2019. All the negativities in the past. You can't understand how
1: names. I could just hug a man.
0: Exactly. My name is Charity, but like with a Z in there. The Z is silent.
1: Okay, <laughs> I don't even know it could go anywhere. It's silent yeah, it doesn't matter
0: let's see it's it actually it's the first letter
1: okay <laughs> fair
0: anyway, my name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend martin and today we are answering five of your questions. This is a little series we call five questions. I can't imagine why we call it that it's I think it's a pretty clever name it, it, we do call it that. <laughs> And uh, on on these episodes, which we do hmm, probably once a month, we just take five questions from Instagram DMs, from Twitter, from email, from all the various channels where you guys send us questions and we do kind of like a a lightning round rapid fire answer for each one. So uh, as always, if you want to have your question featured on five questions or have it maybe potentially turn into an entire episode topic, you can DM me on Instagram. I'm Tom Frankly uh, or tweet me, same exact handle, Tom Frankly, or you are Yo, Bartholomew. Yes, indeed. both of those platforms. So you can follow away, send your questions, and uh, we'll be answering them on this show. So let's get into our questions, starting with question number one. It's a pretty good number to start with, I think.
1: That's my favorite. No, it's not. Yeah.
0: And this is a long question.
1: Yep. A little bit. Actually,
0: several it, of these are kind of it's long. It's a story. Long. All right. I'm going to try to read it and not screw up too many words. So this person asks, like many people, I started working a desk job after college and found I do not like it. Preach to the choir, man. To get out of it, I started a moderately successful business, greatly improved my health, and started to work on several dream projects. So far, things are going great for me work-wise. Social-wise, not so much. I've greatly reduced my time with my family and friends. I started seeing many of my social obligations as quote unquote, unproductive, and now seldom choose to spend time with these once close relationships. I didn't realize how much of a barrier I would put in front of me and everyone until I went to a holiday party and I felt like the odd one out with a bunch of people who I used to hang out regularly with. I feel happy in my work, but don't feel happy when I'm not doing it, especially, no, <laughs> not especially, even when I schedule time to hang out with others. Is this kind of mindset unhealthy?
1: Tough situation. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tough situation.
0: And you know, I kind of feel it. Um, I, I kind of empathize with this because when I was starting College Info Geek in the early days, I felt like this. Like I felt like all social interaction time was unproductive time.
1: Yeah, life is a productivity race. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I think I had a little bit of an uh, an advantage or a weird situation where the first year or two of College of a Geek was spent in a dorm with a roommate. So I was working on the site and people were just sort of around doing things.
1: You were kind of forced to be a little bit social at the same time.
0: And like, even when I was in the apartment with you guys, I'd be in my room working, but you were all out playing Monster Hunter and I was sort of around.
1: You could at least hear us yelling about stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine this guy, you
0: know, he had his desk job, he's done with college so he's probably going home, you know, maybe he's got one roommate or he lives by himself or his girlfriend, but he's not hanging out with his friend group all the time. Yeah. So yeah, how do you, I guess, how do you turn your brain off for a little bit to go hang out with friends? Because this is tough. And honestly, I'm not really sure what the answer is. Because when I was in that hyper-focused growth mode, it was very difficult for me to turn my brain off too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Well, let me see, let me see, let me see. Well, first, unhealthy is an opinion, man, because I suppose if you chose this to be important, it's not unhealthy. But I wouldn't do it because yeah. at the end of the day, these accomplishments mean nothing if I can't relax and maybe even share my excitement and some of them mm-hmm. with people. And it is very much okay to dial things back and schedule time with people, even with a significant other. It, yeah. You know, scheduling time, means that if you're the kind of person who needs a schedule all your time you're saying they're important they're just as important as your work so they also get scheduled yeah and maybe it'll feel a little weird at first but it's something that you're just going to have to do for a little bit before you get back in the loop you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're out of loop with everybody but and it's also about managing expectations i think because if people know you're busy then that's that's one thing but if they think you're, you're the kind of person who keeps saying, yeah, sure, we'll hang out. We'll totally do stuff. Or you were super close. Then immediately they're abandoned. That expectation has been broken. If, yeah. they, if they know you're busy, it'll be more okay. And if you're the busy one in this situation, which clearly you, the asker are, then I think that it's kind of on you to be the leader to mm-hmm. maintain these relationships. It's not on other people to bring everything to the table. So if you're out of the loop, it's because you haven't, um, chosen to make the time for them. And at some point, people learn that you don't have time. So they just stop yeah. asking you things. Yeah. And that's the dangerous thing. If you say no to too many events, people will stop asking you, not because they don't want you to come, but because they just know that you will say no. Mm. And suddenly you're out of the loop. So so
0: one idea I have here, this guy is like, he's totally in this building mode, right? He's in this growth mode. He's focused on his work. And perhaps hang out with friends represents a sort of feeling of stagnation. Like maybe the things that they're doing are the same things they've always done. Yeah. So what if you took some of that excitement that you're getting from the growth of your business and all this this self-development work you're doing, and you chose activities to do with your friends that kind of bring that over to your group interactions? So instead of just meeting your friends at the bar or going to play video games, you invite friends to go hiking with you. Or maybe yeah. take a class with you or something. Like my friend in Des Moines invited me to go take the ice skating class with him. And that's why I started skating. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, come over and hang out and drink or whatever. Cause, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have been that into that. But we were going and doing something where I was building a new skill while hanging out with him. And honestly, it was, I feel, more quality time than a lot of just hanging out playing video games would have been.
1: Yeah. So if you don't like the common ground you have right now, with, with your friends. Maybe try to create some new common ground mm-hmm. through something else. But you got to take the lead on this because if you're not willing to give anything out of your busy schedule, yeah, then you shouldn't expect them to. So you got to mm-hmm. take the lead, come up with something cool to do, and accept that it's going to be awkward the first few times because yeah. you've got to do the original catching up part. Mm-hmm. And you've got to see them frequently enough that not every time you see them is a, oh, how's your life been? Because you can't just have that same conversation over and over again. Yeah, the
0: frequency matters. It's like if you don't work out for a long time, you know, you're really sore the next day after you get that first workout. Yeah,
1: you don't really make progress. You just kind of, okay, we're ready to make progress again. Mm -hmm. Now let's not do anything for a while.
0: Yeah. And I think to, to put this into action, you're right that you do have to be the leader. Even if people are constantly inviting you to do things, if you don't like what they're inviting you to do, then you have to be the one to come up with something different.
1: Yeah, because otherwise you are just saying no to everything. Yeah. And they're just going to stop, you know?
0: And we had a friend who said no to basically every invitation for a really long time. And it got to the point where we're like, we're just not going to invite you anymore because we know what you're going to say. Yeah. And I remember having a talk with him about that. And he was like, I I feel really bad about that.
1: But Yeah, it's hard to see your patterns sometimes Mm -hmm. until you like take a moment to actually look back and think really hard about it. Yeah. Well, it's very
0: easy for us to notice a pattern in somebody else, but for our own behavior... Every individual instance always has some sort of excuse that's different. Yeah. So we're like, well, this time it was because of this. And this time it was because my mom called actually. And this time it was just bad timing. So there's no trend line there. But from an outside perspective, it's easy for your friends to say, he just said no again and again and again. So eventually I'm just going to stop asking him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what you really want to avoid. Because to be successful without any friends is no fun.
1: No, Unless it's, it's lonely at the top.
0: Who listened to our How to Be Lonely Forever episode and was serious about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's not what I want. And, 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 no. and you don't have to hang out with everybody all the time because I have, you know, you, you get older, people move away. But the expectation there is that maybe I'll catch up with them, you know, a handful of times a year, maybe, maybe yeah. three to five times I'll reach out at least. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for some friendships. Yeah, exactly. You just need to know which ones they are.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, question number two. How can I completely absorb and remember the information in books I read? I often forget parts of what I read if it is too long or complex. So this sounds like an active reading question. Yes. Um, There's several ways you can do it. I think the best way to remember the information in books you read is to uh, take notes and summarize it. I mean, when you put things in your own words, just like when you take notes in a lecture, you're you're intaking the information, but you're also having to shape it into something that you can turn into your own words, uh, your own letters on the page. You retain it more.
1: Yeah, it's something like the Feynman? Feynman, the Feynman thing? technique, Because yeah. you're basically teaching yourself when you write the notes in your own words. They have to be in your own words. Feynman, if you just so copy a passage, it doesn't work.
0: Feynman, yeah, but Feynman technique is a little bit further. And I guess like, like the Feynman technique is probably like the ultimate way to, to remember something because you are trying to put it into words that somebody who's a complete layman would understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. the extra. This is just like the mini version where you're trying to put it in your own words for yeah. yourself. Yeah. You'll understand it later. But. Um,
0: and the problem with this is like, it gets overwhelming. If you're a student, you have umpteen different reading assignments that you have to do every single week. And even if you're not, if you're like us, you have this goal to read for like, a, I don't know, 20 minutes for you yeah. every day. Yep. And if you marry this goal to read consistently with the goal to understand and remember everything you read, it quickly gets overwhelming yeah. because that can turn your 20 minute reading goal every day into 20 minutes of reading and 40 minutes of rereading and note taking Uh, and summarizing. And now you've just created an hour of work for yourself, you know, and if you have time for that, cool, but anybody got time for that?
1: Yeah. So depending on the context of what you're reading, like for me, the answer is simply I don't remember all the information. Mm-hmm. A nonfiction book to me is fantastic if one change from it is something I adapt into my life. Yeah. And I've gone yep. back to things like essentialism when I needed new, es- new inspiration and then I'll take a second lesson from it. Yeah. But I never just read one nonfiction book and come out of it magically. My life is a perfect representation of what I just read. Mm-hmm. I will forget 90% of it. and And that's kind of okay because the, the stuff's still in my brain somewhere yeah. waiting to wake up when I maybe think of something that connects to it.
0: Well, something that I try to remind myself of a lot is people in my life will tell me to do things or they will tell me that they have observed patterns in my behavior that I should probably change. And often it takes two or three people saying the same thing for it to really sink in. Yeah. So to expect that a paperweight dead tree thing is going to give you all of this information that you're going to remember on the first reading, the first pass, even though like your, your interactions
1: with other people don't do that. It's, it's expecting too much of the book. Yeah. And know? sometimes literally you need to read a different book on the exact same topic because one mm-hmm. specially worded sentence was the one that resonates with you. Yeah. So like I, I need that information to inspire me into action. I don't try to force yeah. myself to mimic a whole book or remember it. I don't remember – I could not tell you most of what happened in any nonfiction book that I've read. But I could probably point out something I liked.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think when, you, when you're when you exposed to information in multiple different mediums or sources, it sticks better. Like The only reason I remember the name of these Portuguese explorer ships, which is caravels, is uh, I read about it in the Discoverer's but then I was playing Civilization V Mm. and built some caravels. Yeah, it
1: reinforces it.
0: And I don't think I would have remembered the name had I just done one or the other.
1: And it would have been weird to feel really bad about that. Like, I can't remember the name. (laughs) I feel bad about myself. myself. It's just like, that's not fair to yourself. We're not memorization machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you have time, um,
0: you can use highlighters. The only thing that I caution against with highlighters is if you highlight too much... Then you've kind of defeated the the purpose of highlighting, yeah. Because you've basically just like created another huge book for yourself to try to memorize. So highlight sparingly. I don't like. I'm so I'm reading the laws of human nature right now, and this is like a six or seven hundred page book. So it's huge. I'm not trying to highlight every important uh, point in the book like I was reading the, for the first chapter on developing rationality. And he's like, I've got this three-step process for developing rationality. First, you have to um, become aware of your low-level emotions that affect your everyday decisions. Then you need to become aware of wh- how your emotions become inflamed and what causes that. And then, you know, noticing that. And third, you have to build like a high-level framework for thinking more rationally and, and thinking more deliberately through problems, uh, like system two kind of thing. I didn't highlight any of that because I knew like, if I was highlighting all that, it would be half the page. So for me, I highlight things that stick out to me. It might just be like one passage here or there. Like I remember there was one one little sentence that just said there is no law or institution powerful enough to um, to change human nature, you know, yeah. or to stop human nature or something like that. And I was like, that sticks out to me. I'm gonna highlight that because I think that's useful for me to remember or think about. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm highlighting certain things that stick out to me. I may end up going back through the chapters and eventually developing like an outline or summarizing things for myself. And the other thing, and I guess this this should go without saying, but let's say it, you're gonna remember and absorb the information from books you're more interested in. So if you're reading a book because you feel obligated to read it, and I mean, obviously school kind of makes us do this a lot. So... This might be where this question is coming from. But if you've chosen to read a book just because it's on a top 10 list or somebody tells you to read it and you're not interested in the subject material, or maybe just like, I want to, I want to, you know, get the thing that the book is promising for me, but all the steps to get there don't interest me, then you're going to have a lot harder time actually retaining that information. Yeah. So either find a way to get interested in the book or just pick a book that you're really interested in. Cool. So, question number 3. I have a habit that I do and I have a habit that I do and I don't like while taking notes. And it seems like I can't get rid of it. Okay. This habit is recording the lecture. The problem is since I know that I'm recording the lecture, I end up focusing less during the class because I know that if I missed something, I already recorded it and I can listen to it later. I also end up taking fewer notes for the same reason. I really hate this habit because it takes a lot of time at home to listen to the uh, to the records before I actually start studying. I try to stop doing it, but I'm so scared to miss something,
1: and uh, because of that, I keep doing it anyway. So, what should I do? Yeah, this is this is ironic because they're so scared to miss stuff that they're doing something that does make them miss all of it. It's just yeah. it's digitally recorded, but they s- still missed it. So, think about it this way: when you take notes. You are recording the lecture,
0: but you're doing it in your own way. Because you're 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 intaking the information into your brain, you're processing it in the moment, and you're creating a record of it that's in your own words. And this is far more powerful than a record of lecture. And here's the thing the lecture, like it may present the material in a unique form, but it's almost guaranteed that everything that's gone over in lecture is recorded somewhere. It's yeah. in your textbook or it's in a lecture on YouTube or it's in an online course somewhere, like it exists. So to be constantly afraid that you're gonna lose out on something if you don't record every single word that your professor says is, it's madness. Yeah. You know, all that stuff exists somewhere. The goal should be to get it recorded in your own words.
1: Yeah, I think th- the and that's the most important thing because if, if I copy down word for word everything on some PowerPoint slides, I didn't engage with it at all. It's like I just copied symbols. Mm -hmm. The words didn't mean anything until you really think about it and say, oh, wait, so actually this is what that means. This is doing this. I'll use the words that I understand and relate to or an analogy that works with things I understand. If if I can make an analogy to programming things, that might work for me, but it may not work for somebody who doesn't program. Mm -hmm. So your own words is important. And if you're scared you'll miss something, you'll always be scared because even if I was listening to a recording, couldn't I still miss something and yep. like, and then need to rewind it over and over? I, maybe I wouldn't even notice.
0: And if this is taking so much time at home, then what are they not doing with that time? Yeah, maybe They're not reading their textbook assignments or they're not actually doing like active review with quizzes and things like that. Yeah. Much more powerful techniques.
1: And if you happen to need to ask the teacher something, it is not going to go well. If they talked about it several times, you ask a really simple question, and then you're like, oh, well, I've recorded it, but I wasn't really paying attention. Like they'll, they'll notice, they'll see if yeah. you're not paying attention. There may be a lot of people, but they probably will see that you're the one that's constantly just drifting off. Mm-hmm. And then when you do need help, that relationship isn't there because they know that you just record things and you haven't been yeah. listening. And you couldn't ask a question in class, which could help your classmates and build yeah. a relationship with the teacher and show that you're being more active. Sometimes there are points for that, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. This is something that I I advocate in my book, ring class for everything that's worth. So participate in discussions, ask questions, uh, take as good of notes as you can, not as complete of notes as you can, because you don't want to be recording everything they say, but record, you know, what's important and make your own notes and make your own diagrams and, you know, make them a good representation of the topic in your own words. And uh, if you're, if your motivation to do this is lower because you know you're gonna have a record to go back to later, then just don't record it. Like this is, this is akin to why people procrastinate. They're like, I'm not going to work right now because I know I have time later. Yeah, It's the same exact thing. It's like the knowledge that your future self has access or has the ability or has the time to do something basically like lets you give yourself a pass now. So this is why we end up doing a lot of things up against the deadline, myself included, because it's like the back against the wall thing. Yeah. You know, back someone into a corner, they're going to fight twice as hard because they know there's nothing else left.
1: Yeah. And in this situation though, you're also going to class twice as long because you need need to play that you were, there's, if I was just recording it, I just have somebody else record it and then skip class. But if you're going to class, get everything that it's worth because there's a reason there is a teacher there and not just literally- press play on this recording. Mm-hmm. They they would just, let me tell you, people like making money. If universities could teach you the same by just pressing play on a recording, they would have done it by now. The teacher's there for a reason.
0: True. Yeah. I guess you could just go to online college. They, ex- they expect they you to, to
1: interact with the teacher in some regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So practically,
0: maybe what this person needs to do for the next week or so is don't bring your recording device to class. Yeah. Show up to class with a notebook and a pen and that's it like you can survive without your phone so for they used to minutes. record stuff mhm yep uh, i don't know if they're using a tape recorder or a digital recorder at this point but yeah i don't know i would imagine they're just using voice notes in their phone you know yeah and yeah if it, if it's hindering your ability or your motivation to participate fully in class then don't do it yeah
1: and i think it'll feel better <laughs> just just skip it a couple times it'll yep. feel less and less scary every time you do it
0: oh uh, good thing to note here this is another example of the any benefit approach from uh, Deep Work, where he's talking about how people will convince themselves to use every single social media tool, because for every single one, they can list out all these benefits they'll get from doing it. So it's like, if I get any benefit from this tool, then I am justified in using it. But what they don't think about is what the use of the tool is taking away from them. It's taking away their time, taking away their focus, giving up their data, all these things. So you got to ask yourself, what am I giving up? You know, and is that more important than the benefits I gain from using this tool? Yeah. In this case, I think that's the case. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Skillshare, which is an online learning platform that can help you improve your skills and your career prospects in a ton of different areas. They've got courses in business and analytics and marketing, uh, video editing, graphic design, and productivity. And uh, speaking of productivity, guess who has a course on Skillshare now? Uh, is, Is it me? It's not you. Well, you I It's gotta gotta be you then, right? You could have snuck to New York and like been in the room when we were filming it, but I didn't see you there. Oh no, it's you. But it is me, yes. Whoa. Um I talked about this on last week's podcast, but indeed I have a course on Skillshare now that is all about how to build an effective productivity system, basically how to set up your task management system, your calendar, your email, how to process your email effectively and get down to inbox zero, how to manage your digital file organization and your note-taking system, all that good stuff. And uh, I built this course so you could basically create the foundation for having an organized year and making sure that nothing slips through the cracks and that you meet your goals. It's called Productivity Masterclass, Create a Custom System That Works. And uh, it's kind of a biased opinion, but I do highly recommend that you take it and I really think you're gonna get a lot of value out of it. And of course, in addition to my class, there are also over 25,000 other courses on the platform in all those aforementioned topics. And if you wanna get a two-month free trial of Skillshare where you can take my course for free and any of those other courses that you want for two entire months, you can go over to Skillshare.com CIG and sign up. That S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E dot com slash CIG to get that free trial big thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode and also working with me on the development of that course. It was a really cool experience and it's cool to have an actual course out these days. And of course, a big thanks also goes out to our second sponsor this week, which is Brilliant. Brilliant is a fantastically designed learning platform for anyone who wants to improve their abilities in math, science, and computer science while also building that all-important universal problem-solving muscle within their brains at the exact same time. And that is because Brilliant builds their courses from the the ground up using the principle of active learning. Instead of sitting there passively intaking material, you're gonna be thrown immediately into bite-sized but challenging problems that make you get involved right away right off the bat you're not sitting there just taking in lecture material you're actually having to solve something and even though the problems within their courses are bite-sized they are challenging and a lot of times you're going to find yourself getting stuck but luckily they do have this incredibly detailed wiki where you can go find example problems and you can find detailed explanations of all the concepts that they cover and you can come back armed with new knowledge and solve those problems. And while you're building your abilities in calculus, in gravitational physics, in computer algorithms, you're also building that universal ability to solve new and challenging problems, which is gonna be very important in your future career. Now, in addition to their library of in-depth courses, Brilliant also has a new feature called Daily Problems, where every single day they're putting out new bite-sized problems that can give you an introduction to a new area, like engineering, or science, or logic, or math. And every one of these problems gives you the framework and gives you the context and the tools you need to solve it, but there's still challenging. And once you solve those problems, if you find yourself interested in that particular topic, there's also a quiz on the side in their interface where you can go dig into even more problems within that conceptual area. So if you want to start learning for free today, you can go over to brilliant.org slash college info And if you're one of the first 83 people to use that link and sign up, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription. Once again, brilliant.org slash college And again, huge thanks to brilliant for being a big supporter of our podcast. All right, let's get back into it. All right, number four. How can I use audiobooks effectively? Such as the best ways to retain the information, uh, our experiences, how to bookmark certain sections easily and refer back to them later. And similarly, how to follow up on information if it's relevant. Also, how can you avoid getting distracted and stay concentrated while listening to it? And what should you do if you lose concentration? I imagine that, well, actually, you know, you've been listening to some audiobooks, haven't you?
1: I've listened to to a few foreign language ones, yeah.
0: Are you doing any kind of like, note-taking or bookmarking with those?
1: Nope. Okay. Well, for my purpose, it's literally just listening practice, and I don't want to stop and record everything because I want it to just be, I'm going to miss some stuff. This yeah. needs to be more like conversation where I will miss stuff and I need to be able to just pick up anyway in the middle. I can't sense. stop people mid-conversation and pull out my dictionary and say, Oh, give me like 20 minutes. Yeah. So for for my purposes, <clears throat> no research is warranted.
0: Okay. Um, so I guess the one thing I'll mention is the Audible app has a bookmark button. So at any point you can bookmark something and then you can add a note to it. And then you can look through all of your notes um, whenever you want in the list. So that's, I guess that's like the best option you have. But audiobooks are naturally harder to review than physical books. You can't books like flip Kindle. through them the yeah, same way. You can't flip, yeah, you can't flip through them. So what I ought honestly do a lot of times is I will... Do my first pass through the audiobook, and then I will go get the physical book or the Kindle edition and have it as a reference if yeah. it's really that important to me.
1: Or, or you could get like uh, they have that w- the syncing thing where you listen you can sync. listen to the audiobook and yep. then it's progressing you through the Kindle book at the same time.
0: Well, when we did the the series on influence, I bought the Audible version and the Kindle version. And they do give you a discount then you, you buy could, them both.
1: Then you could like highlight, you could be like, oh, I liked that. Go mm-hmm. back and highlight the physical passage you could read later.
0: And I also use it to get through it faster. Because I would go, it was winter last year, I think, and I would go to basketball practice and I would listen while shooting hoops for 20, 30 minutes. And then I would go read after that. And that, on- that
1: makes sense, actually, because we can read, we can get our reading speed way higher than people speak mm-hmm. speed wise. And then you can still make use of the time where you couldn't physically read. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, do you have a problem focusing when you listen? You listen to a lot more than me. Do you ever yeah. get distracted? And- it
0: depends on what I'm doing. So for the eight hour drive we had for Christmas, I was basically just like laser focused on the book.
1: Is this just like a straight line drive? It's, it's not even a complicated drive. It's you need Nebraska. To pay attention you're just you're
0: driving straight. There was no bad weather that, at the time. Oh, yeah. Like when there was bad weather, I was like, all right, I got to focus more on the road. But once it cleared up, it's just a straight line. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like your brain's on autopilot. So I was listening to Children of Time and just, I was in it. I didn't have to go back hardly at all. Yeah. Um, but Audible and probably any audiobook up, uh, app out there has a go back 30 seconds button. So anytime I've yeah. noticed like, oh, I really don't know what was just said in the last 30 seconds, I'll just go back, you know? Um, I have found that certain activities are better than others for listening to audiobooks. So, like with cooking, I can only do an audiobook if I'm doing a recipe that I've just done a million times. Yeah. If I'm making Zappa Toscana, I know exactly how to make that. I know exactly what ingredients, I know the exact process. I can listen to a new audiobook. If I'm doing a new recipe or something I'm not super used to, then I still do an audiobook, but I do Kitchen Confidential because I've listened to Kitchen Confidential like five times. And it's, it's more like just background.
1: Yeah, because the, the problem is that you can't focus on several things at once. So th- yeah. the, the less focus the activity needs, the better it is for an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Driving yeah. on a dangerous road, you need focus. Don't do it. Driving through the Nebraska interstate is... Yes. I mean, cars could certainly automatically do that right this second. My car your, can... Your car can basically... Literally right? do it.
0: I mean, it will, if I take my hands off the wheel, it will yell at me, but there is lane keep assist and there's smart cruise control. It's just a straight line. (laughs) It's just,
1: you don't need focus. And that's why right before bed, I I think is a good time. And depending on what you're listening to, I wouldn't listen to something that was kind of really upset me or be like really scary right before bed, but nothing's distracting me. Yeah. If I was listening to it on purpose and like going for a walk, that would be easy. Mm. But
0: fiction can be dangerous for me with audiobooks. So I was listening to Artemis before I did Children of Time. Yeah. And I got so into it that there was a morning where I just laid on the bed for two (laughs) hours because I didn't want to stop listening to the book. I was almost done. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, So yeah, it can be dangerous. It's tough because it's winter right now. If it were the summer or a warm month, I would just go for uh, a bike yeah, ride. Oh, yeah, because
1: we, we can't do everything outside. Yeah. That would be easy.
0: And I can go for a walk, which I do. I've been walking to Starbucks in the morning, and that's about a 10 or 15-minute walk, and yeah. I'll get some audiobook listening in.
1: But yeah, I guess if, if you're having problems concentrating, consider that maybe whatever you're doing that's in addition to the book is simply too focus-heavy yeah. to be the appropriate activity for an audiobook.
0: Yeah, or, or a new audiobook. Yeah. Like, I legitimately get enjoyment from listening to stuff I've listened to before especially Kitchen Confidential. I don't know what it is about that book, but it's just when, I, when I'm when i cooking, I love listening to it. It's almost like, I don't know, just hearing him talk about all of his experiences just makes me feel like I'm a chef, kind of, except yeah. for I'm not really a chef because I'm using someone else's recipe. I'm
1: Chef Goldblum. <laughs> yeah,
0: Chef Goldblum. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's, if, if you don't want to buy the book twice, then get the audiobook version and then go to the library and get the print version. Yeah, and you know, think of the audiobook as your first pass, and that sort of primed your brain and given it at least a low-level introduction to everything in the book. And then you're going to recognize things, and things will more easily stand out to you when you're reviewing it on the print version.
1: Uh-huh. And you'll know which spots you're like, "Ooh, I really want to pay attention in this chapter." I remember there was something cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like doing a reading assignment and then going to class and having the yeah.
0: professor. Review yeah, that's it.
1: actually how I do uh, foreign language readings too. Oh, really? Skim, skim the first several pages or chapter if it's short enough. Don't look up any words. I've written them down. At the end of it, I look up the words. Mm-hmm. Then I read through it again for actual comprehension. Like the first uh, okay. time I understood, I put it together, bits and pieces. The second time, everything makes sense. That makes sense. Sometimes we just need a second pass. Yeah. Yeah, I think a second pass is,
0: I think it's underrated. And I think it can be very, very useful. Yeah. You know, we have this culture of how many books did I read this year? I got 55 books on my Goodreads, but sometimes it's worth going through a book twice.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm rereading the Harry Potter series right now, actually, Mm -hmm. I just just like to.
0: And I imagine with with Laws of Human Nature, I will end up going through it more than once because there's a bunch of stuff I wanna talk about eventually. And I'm not, and I guess the the second pass thing to belabor this point The second pass thing takes pressure off of you when you're going through it the first time. Yeah. Because one of my problems is I'll be going through a book and it's my first exposure to it. And I'm constantly thinking like, oh, is this line something I should highlight? Is this line something that I should develop into a a video? And this is a particular problem for me. Everything I read, I think, oh, how can I turn that into content? Which is, it's very frustrating because I wish I could just sit down and read a nonfiction book and not feel like I need to do something. content-wise with it, but that's how my brain works. But with first pass, if I tell myself, I'm gonna come back and I will do like the work of seeing what I can use from this book in the second pass, then first pass can be just pure, all right, I'm just reading it.
1: Yeah. Oh, now, now note, if this seems like an ironic thing to point out after we specifically said, don't record this class, because you're getting a second pass. It's because they're having trouble focusing the first pass. If they yeah. were listening through the first pass and then getting a second pass through the recording, maybe that would actually be helpful. Yeah. But if, if the cost of the recording, if the cost of the second pass is that you won't even intake anything the first time, mm-hmm. then it's not doing anything for you. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, so you just gotta query your own brain on that. Look at your own behavior. Final question. I am approaching my final year of college and my required classes to complete my major, which is mechanical engineering, are few. They're barely filling the full-time student required hours. With this extra time, I have come to a crossroads in scheduling. I could fit a minor into that last year, take on more work uh, and extracurricular activities, or take classes I simply find interesting. So what should I do? Well, I can tell this person what I did. I mean, it's, it's hard to say what you like, you know, the proverbial you should do because we don't know what this yeah, it depends on priorities. Are. There's butterfly effect and all kinds of stuff. So it was either the end of my junior year or the beginning of my senior year. I went to add a uh, speech communication minor because I was in the exact same position this guy was in or a girl. I They didn't say. Um, yeah, I had I had come into college actually with a ton of credits from high school. So I got to senior year and I was, I had nine credits of required stuff <laughs> and you had to have 12 to be full time. So I thought, all right, why don't I go pick up a speech communication minor? Because I think speech communication is going to be useful no matter what field I go into. You're always going to have to get presentations or talk with your coworkers and bosses and all kinds of stuff like that. So I added the minor and then I went out of the classes and there was... A class on listening and a class on for whatever reason analyzing classical literature which doesn't have much to do with speech and then there were some speech classes and I took them for a while and realized they were really gunking up my schedule and taking away the time I had to work on College Info Geek and during that year I actually got booked for a couple of speaking gigs so I had this realization I could take this minor or I could work on my entrepreneurial project and I could take on public speaking gigs. And that would give me the practice that I needed in speech that I would have gotten in speech communication. So I just dropped the minor and uh, I didn't take on more extracurriculars. I basically just focused on College Info Geek in addition to my classes. To get to full-time, I took bowling class, billiards class, (laughs) and weightlifting class. All of them were one credit. Nice. So I just had like forced exercise and and sports practice for uh, classes, which is yeah. honestly pretty good. I got pretty good at bowling and um, actually got up to a 300 pound bench that semester. And it was because I had to go twice a week.
1: Yeah. You gotta be there. Otherwise you fail. Well, oh, that's, that's a good way to fill it up. If you don't really have a reason, so, some career paths, maybe a minor might be useful, mm-hmm. but I think that just stacking one on isn't always going to be as useful as just getting the experience like you went and did. Um, I graduated from university in three and a half years. I just crammed everything into one because I was like, if I skip the second semester here and I graduate first, I save thousands of dollars. I remember having a conversation. And and if it wasn't for that, I would have put language classes on there, not because I can't get the experience outside of them, but because I truly enjoyed being in them. So that would be my version of taking a bunch of exercise classes for fun.
0: So I guess what we did is we we did the things that we simply found interesting.
1: Yeah. If I didn't find anything interesting, I would have, and I didn't because near the end there, I had to, uh, I had to call my language classes because of an injury, making it hard to continue with one of them. Yeah, And because of that, I was just like, well, I'm going to graduate early. I'm going to save thousands of dollars and start my job faster. Mm -hmm. Uh, A minor will not. Yeah. I'm making money and any minor that I take right now likely will not affect it too much. If, yeah. if I didn't think that the minor was useful thus far as a part of my career planning, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure how useful it really is. If it just hasn't occurred to me until eh, I might as well. Yeah. And one thing we've
0: talked about on this podcast is how part of the value, some would argue the main value of a college degree is its signaling value. It basically just signals to an employer that this person has, you know, they've got the work ethic to go through and get a major in a college. Um, and the specific things they learned may or may not affect whether or not they're qualified for the job, yeah, like my networking job at principal. I probably learned some of the networking stuff in the in the next uh class I did after that internship, but when I was there, I had to learn everything on the job,
1: and I think so, that's just gonna happen like almost yeah, almost regardless. you're just gonna be like, yeah, so your classwork. Well, it's not what you're doing today. So, uh-huh. here's what you're doing today. <laughs> or maybe it gave you a little bit of a foundation. You, yeah, you need the foundation and to prove that you're willing to learn and do things. Exactly. And then that's the what the job we're makes for. you do it.
0: You know, and and we have experience in this area as people who have done hiring. We're looking for the ability to learn quickly as much as anything else. Yeah. Like I if I'm looking for especially a video editor, I'm looking for good work, but also I'm like can you come in and actually work within my style quickly? Yeah, Can you learn quick? You know, I need that. So I, I'm not sure how much extra value the minor really offers unless this person can build a really good case for why it would work in their particular career. Maybe they're gonna go do forensic accounting and maybe a computer science minor would really help with an accounting major because then they can go dig into the file systems and computer systems of big companies. Yeah, You know, that's, that's one instance where I can think, okay, those two things may have been helpful in tandem. But for the most part, I think a minor is often tacked on to look impressive. And if that's something really interesting to you, sure. But if it's just for the credential, it's probably better things you can do with your time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's all five questions. Once again, if you want your five questions, I guess you could send us five questions or just one question answered on this show uh you can tweet us tom frankly or yo martholomew or you can send us dms exact same social media handles or you can just check out the show notes for this episode which will have links to both of our social profiles and uh, anything that we happened to mention here which we will need to have links to i'm not sure what that will be but there's probably some links there probably probably some links to audiobooks things like that um so what is this 245
1: 46 i believe six
0: you're right we're getting get up confused there. confused because there's a five in the five questions. Ah. So cigpodcast.com slash 246 if you want to get those show notes. And you can also, as always, go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources to find our favorite apps, books, um, dorm gear, all kinds of great stuff that will help improve your life as a student and beyond. So check that out if you want to support this podcast a great way to do it is to give us a rating and review over on apple podcasts or itunes on your desktop computer and also make sure you're subscribed in your podcast app of choice which could be apple podcasts could be google podcasts could be overcast spotify pocket casts whatever if you want to get the episodes downloaded to your device every single monday morning and you can take them on the go then definitely get subscribed Uh, i think that's about it So thanks for hanging out with us as always, and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.